Bonnie Island. I have a Fabian Mondo who will be joining me all the way from Bonnie Island to talk about uh, that particular game. Hello, Fabian. Good morning. Good morning, Mega Money. All right, uh, Fabian, how is Bonnie Island today? Uh, Bonnie Island is cool, um, although most times it's very rainy. Uh, it's been raining even around here, but I'm sure it's going to be worse at the uh, Riverine area, especially a place like Bunny Island. Yeah, obvious, I, I think it will, uh, we, but so far this morning we are having a very cloudy weather. Hopefully it will mm. not rain so that we will be able to walk effectively today. Okay, hopefully it will not rain, but then it's the rainy season, and if it rains, you just take it and move on. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, the game. Uh, the quarterfinals of uh, the Euros were uh, completed at the weekend, and we saw great games, great games. Which would you say stood out? Which of the games would you say was, you know, was just the best amongst uh, the other very great games? For me, the one that stood out for me is the Italy-Belgium game. Mm. It was an end-to-end -end encounter, even though the you know Italians showed a very huge dominance and teamwork that we have always known them to have had this tournament. So that game was an epic game, and I totally enjoyed it. That that's the standout game for me at the weekend. Mm. And some people called it final before the final. Yeah, they they, uh, they are also right because um, that that final that match was looking more like a final because it was an end-to-end -end encounter it was no mm. one side dominating so the both teams were going for it so the italians at the end of the day showed their powerful dominance and edged it by two goals to one all right it finished two goals to one in favor of italy uh, we saw belgium without some of their key players kevin de Bruyne, eden hazard uh, because of injury would you say that was a uh, key to handing England uh, uh, Italy victory. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne actually played the match, but he was not really fully fit. Eden Hazard, I, I would say that um, I, I don't really think the Belgians really missed um, Eden Hazard because we've not seen the best of Eden Hazard um, in this tournament. The Koku who replaced Eden Hazard in the starting lineup because Hazard had a hamstring problem was actually the best player for the Belgium side on that day. So mm. the Belgians, like we spoke last uh, two weeks ago, that they, they have uh, very good, talented individual players. But as a team, as a unit, they are lacking in that area. So for me, the Italians, this is what they have over, you know, the edge they had over the Belgians. They have a very good coordinated team. You know, when I look at um, players like Giorgino, they looked more like prime Andre Pello. Looking mm. at Ciro Immobile was looking like a prime Filippo Inzaghi. They were so yeah. fantastic. And for me, the Italians for me will go all the way. Wow. Italians will go all the way. And they're going to be facing Spain. We'll come to talk about that. But focusing on Belgium, another season of disappointment for the so-called uh, golden era. The golden era, like we always call them, when a particular group of uh, team in the national or clubs that have such talented group of players mm. you have to make use of them you have to achieve success with them you know when this belgium side surfaced 2014 world cup everybody said oh they were young players and they will grow in the next five six years now for me this is virtually going to be the end of that golden era spain had their golden era and they won the european championship 
back to back and won the World Cup also. Germany mm. had their own golden era. They won the World Cup. So, uh, for me now, the English have their own golden generation now. If they mm. don't win it, 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 it means that it's slipping away from them. The Belgians, I'm, I'm shocked that at least they should have gotten the target of minimum semi-finals. But like yeah. we said, you know, group of individual players um, cannot really win new tournaments. It's team, a proper good team. So what would you say would be the fate of these guys? I heard Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne will remain with the team, at least for the World Cup. And um, if they are not able to do anything at the World Cup, I, it might just be, you know, a great uh, club careers, but uh, very poor uh, national team careers. Uh, Mega, the thing is, the thing there is, um, the good news there is that the World Cup is not far away. The World okay. Cup is less than, I think, uh, uh, 14 months or 16 months away. So they still have a chance to replicate a very good form at that bigger stage. I mean, there is no better way to showcase um, your talents and your team than the World Cup. So they still yeah. have, I think that will be their final chance to show what they are capable of doing. But some of the players in that team are really getting old. People like Darius Martins, who is already 31. People right, like, Martins is, he's been there for ages. Yes, Benteke, the likes of Benteke, Vatongen, and you know, the fact that the Belgians lacked pace at their back three, or will I call it a back five, that was their, uh, their downfall against the Italians. The Italians uh, outpaced them at their defense. So. Uh, it's, it's well, when, they had, uh, when they had Vincent company at the back, they looked more solid. But yeah. now that, um, you know, is <laughs> no longer there, uh, don't you think, uh, you know, that they could have been able to discover some younger players who will have more pace in order to help their team defensively? You know, some of these national size, you know, make team selections by... Um, by the the profile of the player, you know the the caliber and the that big name factor. You the know when you, when you look at Spain, had the balls to drop Sergio Ramos and picking Paul Torres and Eric Laporte, and that shows you the strength and depth. I I don't think mm -hmm. the Belgians has that luxury, you know, okay. to do the same. So f for me, they might get one or two key players, you know, from their league or the ones playing abroad to replace mm. those players. So, but it's going to be really difficult texting time for them. For me, what the Belgians lack really not right now is pace at the back. So, Vertonghen and the Varoud and, uh, and the Mounier and the rest of them, they are getting old. I think they are not getting younger. Be they are all Belgium old have an average age of uh, 29 in this tournament. That, so I that think they've got the all. oldest team yes. in the tournament. Yes, they have the oldest that team. Age. That says it all. Average age of 29. So I, I don't know any team that have really won a major tournament like this outside the fact that Italy did the same thing in 2006, oh. although mm. they had average age of 26 at that time. So... For me, I so because if, if you talk about Italy, they have a way of coming with young players, win tournament. They also return when those players have aged and become more matured as men. They still return and win tournaments. Maybe after winning a tournament, they will all, you know, they start struggling or they will all retire. But somehow Italy has a way of keeping a team together, even at old age, 
you can't write them off. Look, but look, uh, you can't say the same for, for Belgium. Uh, look at the key for Italians. Mm. They know that um, Kelini will not be having that pace we know Kelini to be having for the past 10, 15 years. Now yes. they had to bring in a certain Leonardo Bonucci who has that same pace, you know, to support that is, him. That is coaching masterclass. Of course. That's a, the a good technical ability of the coach is ability to read the game, I think was key to that, making such um, arrangements. Uh, the, the, the Italian manager, Roberto Mancini, have done uh, an amazing job. You, you look at how that back four of the Italians, the oldest there is Kellini. And Kellini is not doing much work because Leonardo Bonucci does the major work for him. And you have a young goalkeeper who is at 22, then a rumor that gives you confidence. Because for me, goalkeepers contribute to every back four. When you, you can trust your goalkeeper to do the magic for you, to come out and do some important uh, uh, blockings and saves, that gives the back for confidence. The same thing we are getting from the English side uh, with Jordan Pickford. So uh, it's, okay. it's been good for them. All right. So what are the chances of uh, Italy against uh, Spain? Spain might not have, you know, been uh, playing with uh, this swagger. We know them. But uh, somehow they've still got a very uh, good team. And uh, they've also been able to come from behind to win games. And they've also scored late goals. So... Uh, are you going to write uh, Spain off uh, when they meet Italy in the semi-finals? Absolutely not. I'm not really now Spain. The, the, the fact that I said um, Italians are my favorite, generally because of their consistency throughout this tournament, that is the reason why I said I think Italy is going to edge it, finally. Okay. But the Spanish mm. side, don't underestimate this um, Luis Enrique side. He has a very talented young group of players that can dominate possession and create chances. But the, the key there is that can the Spanish take their chances? The fact that I, I don't trust the Italians, uh, the Spanish strikers, the Gerard Moreno and the Alvaro Marata to convert their chances, that is the key. So for me, if the Spanish can be more clinical in front of goal, I, I, they stand a chance. Why not? I think they stand a very huge chance. All right. So they need to do better. Now let's uh, quickly talk about uh, the other semi-final that is uh, coming up. England, how they dispatched Ukraine uh, to the surprise of uh, many, uh, scoring uh, four goals. A great game for England against Ukraine. The biggest news there was um, Harry Kane scoring a brace and that will really help his confidence and help the Trail Lions going forward to mm. play in this semi-final. Uh, make no mistake about it, um, Mega. The fact that they beat the Ukrainian side, the Ukrainian side were very poor on the day. The, mm. the, the English side had a favorable draw in their own side. But I think they will have a fierce test with uh, the Danish side. The Danish side playing with a very good spirit. You know, the, the, I don't and, know and whether... They, uh, everyone will be uh, supporting, uh, apart from English football lovers, I think uh, most uh, neutrals will be supporting Denmark uh, to win that game in solidarity to uh, you know what happened to them in their first game. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, their midfielder uh, who collapsed on the day, uh, who had a cardiac arrest. So people are really pushing to see if they can have something to say at the end. You know, they smile home with the trophy. Everybody loves the story of the underdog and coming to this game, the Danish team is the underdog side. And added to the romance and the love story of Christian Eriksen being down and um, they have been forging ahead so far. 
I'm not writing them off completely, but the English side have too much for to you know. You imagine the English side having a complete different side when they played against um against Ukraine, going with a back four, bringing in Jaden Sancho, who for me was very very impressive on the day. So they had the luxury of changing the entire eleven, and they still have strength in depth. So the English side, I think, we edge it. But everybody loves the love story of the Danish. Okay, so um, they've got advantage talking about England. They will be playing at Wembley. They are home. Uh, the quarterfinal was played in Rome, and they were still able to win comfortably. Okay, so now I think that's the only game that uh, they played away from home, and they've returned home where the last two games will be played. They will be playing against uh, Denmark at Wembley, and if possibly they get to the final. The final is also at Wembley. So, what are England's chances of winning this trophy? I, I think they have a very good chance. I can put it at 60% because if you look at the last time English team won a major tournament, that was in 1966, and mm. it was still at uh, Old Wembley Stadium. So, if you l listen to English fans singing during their previous game, especially against um, the German side, they were singing um he's coming home he's coming home you know it's a popular song the english side you know sing yeah he's coming home could he be coming home this time around we remain to be seen but they have a favorable draw this they have a very good chance of making it to the final whoever they okay. meet in the final even though they lose at the final mm. i think they had a pretty decent tournament i mean look at yeah. the clean sheets they have been impressive yeah, they are yet to concede a single goal so far this time and they, but they are the only side uh, who are yet to consider goal. And if they eventually go far and win this tournament, they will become one of the greatest team of all time, in my mm. opinion. The fact that how many teams have gone through an entire tournament and the, a Euro, a Euro championship, which you had very big, mighty weight teams, and you finish the tournament without conceding a goal. So that is massive achievement. All right, great uh, for them. Great for them. And uh, we look forward to the semi-finals. All right. So thank you very much, Fabian Ojawundu, okay. for joining us all the way from uh, Bonny Island. Thank you, Mega Money. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Hopefully, I'm going to be here soon. Also, uh, ahead of the uh, after the semi-finals, we'll also uh, have you uh, talk about it. Thank you very much, Mega. Do have a nice week. All right. Thank you. All right. This is the much we can take off.